Ah, oh, gang, there's one thing I love. It's Star Trek. You know, whether we talk about TNG, you know, the notable group or the, the show that came after it, you know, the, the cast, the Dominion Solving Nine, even even Void, the very out there yahoos. But tonight, let's talk about Strange New Worlds and those old scientists. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The More You Nerd. My name is Drew, and I love Star Trek. This is not a surprise to anyone that has been listening to the show for a long time or has been listening to Cosmic Crit, our other show, uh, or that was seeing all the YouTube videos where I dressed in a Starfleet uniform and led some friends on a Star Trek Adventures campaign. Uh, but I had some stuff come up at work this week that kept me from Furious Summer, so I haven't got to see Fate of the Furious yet, but I thought, you know what? Damn the torpedoes. Full speed ahead. Let's talk about one of the most perfect moments in TV history that aired just a, a, about two weeks ago as we record this. Strange New Worlds episode, Those Old Scientists. The Lower Decks Star Trek Strange New Worlds crossover episode. They said it could never be done. Oh, but they did it. But I can't do it alone. Miles, how are you, my friend? I'm great. Um, you, It's so funny when you were like, oh, I don't know if I have time to watch the movie. Um, and I was like, OK, well, what are we going to do this week? And Drew knows that, like, there is one thing that we both could talk about ad nauseum ad infinitum and that is star trek and especially because you know outside of drew i don't get to talk about star trek very much uh even despite having a friend who has a star trek podcast that we've both been on yeah <laughs> um so talking to uh one of my best friends about one of the most important franchises to my life is never going to be a no from me yeah um and and, and we're gonna we're gonna get a little real in this episode we're gonna start talking about this 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 particular episode but we're gonna we're gonna meander we're gonna get oh gonna... yeah um I, I think one of my favorite things about uh being friends with drew is he is someone else who takes Star Trek as seriously as I do. Even if we don't agree on a lot of things, we both have a, a deep appreciation for this franchise that has personally affected us. I think we hold some core beliefs because of this franchise. Um, it's it's and, and we're not alone. I mean, millions of people across the world from all walks of life um, love Star Trek. And there are some. Uh, <sighs> Very wishy-washy documentaries that that highlight that fandom. There are some moments of brilliance, and then there are some moments of cringe in both Trekkies documentaries. Um, but they do highlight they do highlight what this franchise means to people and what it represents to people. And so you come to this show, the uh, Strange New Worlds, and they have the the gall, the audacity to cross <laughs> over with the animated comedy show. And and everyone, even people who were in favor of it, myself included, were like, how are they going to pull this off? If so. So this is this is the thing about Star Trek that Star Trek Lower Decks is one of my favorite Star Trek series. It yeah, is. I, I, I regularly proclaim that it is made specifically for me. It always starts airing at season around my birthday and it is directly my wavelength of what i want out of an animated comedy about star trek and, mm -hmm. and 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 if you look at it on the surface and especially in the advertisements they always do the zany bits the wacky bits but they do, they don't they don't capture the actual character moments uh that that take place there is there are, there are multiple episodes and one in particular of lower decks that will make you cry if you have an emotional bone in your body it will make you cry um, and, and it's, 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 it's a show though, that when it comes to the humor of Star Trek, there are a lot of in references and in jokes, but the jokes never on the fans. The joke is always in favor of the fans. Yeah. It's, 
it is comedy. It is comedy for comedy's sake. It's not, it's making a joke that involves Star Trek, but it's not making fun of Star Trek. And, and nine times out of 10, despite how uh, niche a lot of the jokes can be, anyone can enjoy Lower Decks. I've, I've been watching it with Krista since it started, and she loves the show. And she could not tell you the difference between a Bajoran and a Gorn. A Bajoran. Like, that would be yeah. terrifying. Like, but she doesn't know all like every alien species and every reference or every episode, but she still loves the show because it's good. It's, it's a just good a, show. It's just a good, well-written, funny, charming show that has a cast of characters that are just, I don't know, they're, they're wholesome. And the same can be said about Strange New Worlds. Now, we're not yes. going to talk too much about Star Trek Discovery, but uh, I'm going to make a bold statement, Miles, right now. The best thing that Star Trek Discovery <clears throat> ever did across its four and soon to be five seasons is, is introduce Anson Mount as Captain Christopher Pike. Uh, Jet Reno. I'm a massive Star Trek Discovery fan, so he he likes to 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 poke the bear. But um, season two, introducing Ansem Mount, who the, and they they introduce the differences of like, oh, he likes it old school. So he's got the older uniform. And and I I loved that. But Ansem Mount, who has kind of always gotten these positions where it's like almost was, you know, like he, he he was cast in a big Marvel project that ended up turning into a subpar TV project as Black Bolt. You know, and, and was a, in a recent a, 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 a char Anson Mount who has a charming uh, way of speaking cast as a character who cannot speak or he'll destroy everything. <laughs> right. But I mean, he's been he's he's consistently casting things because people like working with him. But it's it's I feel like he's never had the project quite hit until now. And him, to him, me, him and, and also Ethan Peck as as young Spock in season two yes. of Discovery. Uh, th there were the second that those two were on screen and spent a lot of time together and and Anson Mount specifically spending most of that season as the, the temporary captain of the Discovery. You just you fell in love with him. You fell in love with his take on the character. That was, you know, it was a little it was a little like Bruce Greenwood's Pike from from the J.J. Abrams movies, but it was married more to the original The Cage Star Trek TV pilot performance. And mm -hmm. and, I, you know, I don't know. I know there were fan petitions to get them a show. Uh, oh, I mean, but I, I think since since the end of season two, like it, people had been clamoring for it. But clearly it worked. And Strange New World season one was the best live action Trek that has existed since the 90s. I mean, can't I'm going to make a bold. I'm going to make a bold statement. The best live action Trek. I, 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 I personally can't make that statement, but it, 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 I, look, I, I I'm, I'm mostly, be, <laughs> I'm mostly being flippant, but like it is in contention for, um, and I was telling Drew, like, I hate sounding so superlative about that show because it usually like at some point, someone has to say something derogatory about my beloved discovery, which is a show I very much love. Um, that said, strange new worlds is is the best of Star Trek. I think we can we can agree with that. It, 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 it marries the best of Star Trek because you do get uh, episodes where you're exploring. You have a very episode of the week mentality. However, character arcs carry over. There are some some meta plots, but it's it's looser so that you can kind of maintain that uh, the exploratory feeling that people miss from Star Trek. Yes. And. I I mean I also I I think that you have an incredible cast. Every single member of this cast is a grand slam to me. Memorable. They all get their moments in these in these episodes and in these seasons, and and and, and it, it's it's just it's so refreshing. Just because again, and I I like Discovery too. I love Discovery too, but I recognize some Not of the like things I do clearly <laughs> but I, I i recognize some things about it that uh that i don't 
you know, I, I, that I that I feel like I'm missing. And part of that is like there are members of Discovery's bridge crew that have been on the show for four years, four seasons over like seven years now because they've skipped some years and all of this that I don't I, I have to think about their names to remember them. <laughs> but I know every member of the Discovery or excuse me, of the Strange New Worlds cast's names, even after the first. Sure. Season. I mean, and, and Discovery is a different kind of show. I mean, the show really is more or less about Michael Burnham. And I, I, I'm personally fine with that. Um, and, and and it's broadened out in seasons three and four. But yes, I think you're right. I mean, th- this this show does a great job with its ensemble cast, balancing its its crew. Um, also, probably the best looking cast in Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. That, you, every you single re- member. You can't really argue with this this model crew. They're they're a model crew in more ways than one. Uh. Yeah, no. Every <laughs> single member of this crew is gorgeous. So, uh, so, so at, at Comic Con of twenty twenty two, they announced that there was going to be because we had they uh, Stranger World season one had come off of its first season with people loving the show. Lower Decks had finished its second season at, with people loving the show, and they announced live at comic-con that there was going to be a lower decks strange new worlds crossover to which some in the world immediately said how how is this going to work but me trusting in the trek trusting in the people that have brought me fantastic seasons of star trek i i just i just knew that they could pull it off and well when, it, when, it and, also helped. and when it was announced that none other than Commander Riker himself, Jonathan Frakes, the 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 arguably best Star Trek episode director of of all of them. I at mean, least, the man's been a part of over 200 episodes of Star Trek. I mean, yes, <laughs> I mean, he he was he he Jonathan Frakes, Commander Riker on the next generation uh, or the notable group, as I started calling them now. Um yeah <laughs> uh, uh, he started I, I, I liked that a lot he he started uh directing episodes of tng back in the day he has directed episodes of deep space nine a voyager of enterprise he directed star trek first contact and star trek insurrection uh first contact often considered one of the best. two best star trek movies and honestly insurrection is a solid 90 minute episode i like insurrection just because it's, it's I do too. fun it's a fun I, TNG I episode i've always um, i've always liked insurrection but but again it's that raises a whole other question of the fact that i think that star trek always works better on television than it does in movies because it's got tv stakes and not movie stakes i i, I don't disagree um but that's a whole other conversation uh but knowing that that frakes was at the helm ha, uh of of this uh just made it even better and then of course they then announce that jack quaid who was the voice of brad boimler on lower decks and tawny newsom who was the voice of beckett mariner on lower decks were going to play their lower decks characters in live action on the show and it I, hadn't occurred to me like oh they designed these characters to look like they're actors and so when the first clip of uh, Boimler and Mariner popped up. I was I was just like mouth dropped. I was like, this is perfection. I, I love it. And and again, so much casting is gorgeous. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, t- you know, Tony Newsom, uh, prior to the writer strike, at least uh, has joined the writing staff of the announced Starfleet Academy show. I know. I'm, I'm very excited about that. That makes uh, me more interest- interested in the. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I love Tarnism. I think she's great. She's fantastic. Um, if you uh, like uh, her in like just straight up comedy, she plays the Queen of England in Auntie Donna's uh, Big Old House of Fun or whatever it's called on Netflix, which is very funny. I just don't care for Auntie Donna that uh, much, yeah. though. I, I like Auntie Donna. I know and, you do. It's more your so, thing. So, uh, so let's let, so let's get into it. This episode. So, if I could have one fake complaint about this episode, and this is a no. fake complaint because you can it's not a complaint of mine is that I feel like if you don't know anything about lower decks, most of this episode is not going to be as interesting to you. <laughs> I don't. I I could possibly see that, but I mean, I think that they, they, they frame it in a way that you you can enjoy this episode anyway, but if you're one of those people who wants your, 
your Star Trek just serious and stodgy, then yes. Um, I think this episode does more for Lower Decks because people who enjoy Lower Decks but still detract a little bit have always been like, oh, I wish there was more stakes. I wish there was a more emotional content. Get more of that in this episode just because they do that perfect marriage of like, we're making a very funny episode of A Strange New World, but we're also making a semi-serious episode of Lower Decks. Yes. And I, the marriage of these two, I know Pike doesn't want it, oh, but I should really probably warn that either. there were going to be some enormous spoilers. Oh, from yeah, this yeah, point yeah, on. yeah. If you haven't seen the episode, turn this, turn this off. Watch uh, an hour of the best television episode you're going to see and come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and and I, th- I think us talking about how much we love this episode isn't really going to uh, hinder our discussion on it because. We, I mean, we've well established that you and I both love both of these shows, but I think what makes this show work is I think the inclusion of the lower decks highlight the spirit of Star Trek in this one in a way that this show all consistently does. Yeah. But I feel like there is a moment where Boimler is talking about what this era means to him. And I feel like he is like a stand in for me because that's how I feel about any watching any Star Trek. So so this is this is a part of what I love about Lower Decks. And it's something that I only kind of clicked into recently. Boimler is a typical Star Trek fan. Yes. He obsesses over the universe. He obsesses over the characters and stories in the universe uh, in, in a very meta way. And Mariner is also a, 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 a viewer stand-in character because she's just as nerdy and geeky about all of the Star Trek but stuff she that Boimler is. <laughs> but she tries to hide it under a, under a level of I'm cool. <laughs> well, the, not only that, but like she just wants to have a good time. She's, she's, she's more concerned with, but did you die? Kind of, kind of stuff. Like she, she's, like, it's you and me. Basically, <laughs> so, so so with that said, this episode does start on the USS Cerritos animated in Lower Decks. Wonderful touch. It's it, it is it, it is basically like you have the four main cast of Lower Decks. You also have uh, Tendi and Rutherford there. They're talking about this this mission. They're part that- of the four main cast. Um, that's why I'm saying yes. Oh, okay. You said you, said you also have Tenny and Rutherford. No, so I was like, have, wait a minute. I was just naming. Yeah, yeah. The, I was just naming them for the gotcha, sake of gotcha, naming gotcha. them. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And they are tasked with going down to this planet Krolmuth B uh, to to check out this portal. And I I I am looking at the clock, and I know I cannot talk about every minute of this episode. Um, but I do want to point out one thing that I love about we, Rutherford. About- we got we got all the time in the world, buddy. I, th- I want to point out one thing I love about Rutherford's character in that he is super excited because they're going to go and scan things and they're going to scan radiation and they're going to scan. Yeah. Oh, man, there'll be some chronotons, chronotons. Yeah, he, he's super stuff about uh, tachyons. Tachyons is tachyons. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> tachyons. <laughs> Uh, he's got a list of things that in his library of things that he has scanned and a list of things that he wants to scan. And it's just <laughs> such an innocent, wonderful character moment that is completely in in his uh, it, it's completely in his his wheelhouse and in his character. I just I love it so much because mm-hmm. these are the people that you want to be in Starfleet. These are the people that love their jobs for the sake of doing their jobs. Like I would, I would guess the life. I wish, I wish I loved wish my job. I had that. <laughs> wish I had that. I like my job. My job is fine. But, sure. Same. I'm just but, saying that, but I don't get up. I don't get up excited to scan tachyons. <laughs> so if that was my job. I would be, you know, uh, so they go down to the planet and they talk about this, this portal. And of course, uh, they, uh, Boimler has been working on his Spock impression and, uh, and Rutherford wants to get, a picture of him takes a hollow picture of him, which by the way, that is a hollow camera that first appeared on star Trek Voyager, uh, that he's using. <laughs> There's so many Easter eggs in this guys. So many Easter eggs. Uh, 
he is then uh, the portal then activates and sucks Boimler back in time 120 years or so to be at the feet of Captain Pike, Spock and La'an, Nooni and Singh, the crew of the Enterprise at this time. Uh, you guys look really real. Passes out. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's where uh, and then in live action, I should say we are now in live action. Um, so, I mean, Jack Quaid, I mean, who has had like the best nerd life an actor could possibly have. Yeah. Jack Quaid, um, Jack Quaid in just the last couple of years has been both an animated and live action Star Trek. He is on the very popular series, The Boys on Amazon Prime. He was back in the in the Hunger Games back in the days. He's uh, he's Superman right now in uh, uh, in in the very excellent my it, eventual superman it, it is eventual so superman. good he is uh it, spoiler warning for spider-man across the spider-verse he plays a version of peter parker and a very important version of peter parker in across the spider-verse <laughs> like this dude yeah. is this dude is just living uh, the he's, best he's, life <laughs> well i mean for me he's also in scream the oh. 2022 scream uh he was alberto falcone in the long halloween <laughs> And he's in Oppenheimer. He's part of Barbenheimer. <laughs> he plays uh, Richard uh, Feynman. Like this so dude like, is this this dude is having just a blast on this show. Yeah, I mean he. I mean, and the thing is, deserves it. He's a phenomenal actor, phenomenal voice actor. Like I get, I get stoked whenever I hear this guy is part of a cast because he brings a life that feels authentic and especially with Boimler like I don't know uh too much about Jack Quaid's personal preferences I don't know if he's a Star Trek guy or not so but what I do know you about might Jack, know more than I do what I do know about Jack Quaid because I did some digging and he has talked about despite the fact that he is like a tall handsome dude he's freaking Dennis Quaid and Goldie Hawn's son like right which comes, I always forget, despite his last name, I forget that like he is the child of like, oh, these two beings. Yeah, <laughs> like he's and granted, he's also Randy Quaid's nephew. But <laughs> um, why would you bring that up? I'm just I'm, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. Anyway, but he he has talked about how how he gets to live this life and how happy he is to be kind of nerdy and 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 i don't know how much of star trek he knows but what he earned for me in this episode is credibility because there was a scene where boimler who has been woken up and finds himself you know 120 years in the past he's in the strange new world he's in the enterprise's uh, ready room where captain pike has a saddle just hanging out because captain pike he's like an outdoorsman <laughs> he's a horseman horse guy so <laughs> he wants to get on the saddle but he's like surely me getting on the saddle is not gonna not gonna mess up time right so he puts his hand on the saddle and he's like whoa decides he's gonna do it and then in a moment that was jack quaid improvising on set one of the most important improvisings I've ever seen on a Star Trek set throws one leg up over the saddle and says Riker as he gets on the saddle. <laughs> that moment was perfect, Miles. It was perfect. And, it was. and learning that it was him in his brain doing that with Jonathan Frakes directing the episode, watching him do it. <laughs> Well, and, and, and Frakes, Frakes said uh, the fun of doing the Lower Decks crew was the fact that Quaid and Newsom could improvise. He, he said, you, I, I read the uh, interview with uh, EW that he did recently. Maybe it was People, I don't remember. Um, but he, he was talking about how back in TNGs, like, we were never allowed to improvise. I mean, we, the script was God. It was like it was Shakespeare or Chekhov was his exact, exact uh, <laughs> uh, reference. And and he means the the Russian Chekhov, not not well, the Pavel character Chekhov, Chekhov was also Russian. But yeah, yeah, I, I know <laughs> I, I, as soon as I, that came out of my mouth, I, I realized I goofed. But um, 
but how much fun it is to be around the actors and allowing them to improvise on Star Trek now. Because uh, there's several improvised scenes that make this episode perfect. And a lot of them are Jack Quaid's. Uh, not that Tony Newsom is uh, at all uh any lesser because well, she just commands the screen every second she's on there. She is incredible. Uh, uh, Tawny Newsom's uh, principal line was, I want to keep this super profesh, but uh, I was not prepared for how hot <laughs> young Spock was going to be. That was her. That was, <laughs> that was her with that line on set. No, and, and it's great. And she is wonderful. I, all, all their interactions, but despite how funny this episode is, it's also just extremely heartfelt. I mean, you have some moments of emotional payoff for the Strange New Worlds crew in this. You have what should be a throwaway moment for anyone who's not seen the show, who may have just watched it for Lower Decks, be an incredibly important moment for anyone who watched the premiere of this season. Because we find out that Boimler well, has a poster. That was the of second episode. One. Second episode of the season. Was it the second episode? Yeah. Maybe I watched them out of order. Because first episode of the season was. Um, gosh, what was the first episode of the season? Hang on. I think, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm right. It doesn't matter. I'm right. I know I'm right. So uh, uh, first episode okay. was the. Uh, <laughs> I have to prove that I'm right. Broken though. circle. Yes, that's right. I, I don't know why I thought it was the, the, the premiere, um, but at Astra per Espera. And. If you hadn't haven't watched what I consider the best at which Trek has many uh, trial episodes in the history of the franchise, uh, you, you should. But knowing what that phrase means to her and the fact that. In the future, number one is the literal poster child for Star, Star Starfleet recruitment, and that phrase is on the poster and she even says. They put that on the poster and, and Rebecca, Rebecca Romaine, Romaine's who, performance right there is just like you see just this slight, almost tear of joy yes. forming. It's just it's um so good. Re Rebecca Romaine also doing the best acting of her entire career in this show in general. I mean, her her performances are excellent. The, the, the stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, we can have a funny show, but we can also be real. It's that perfect marriage of what makes Strange New Worlds great and what makes Lower Decks great. And unf the unfortunate thing about this episode is that it makes me want more of this. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 it's the point where I'm like, you know what? I, I, I had three great animated seasons, but what if I had this but Lower Decks? Um. But I, I want to talk a little bit about this episode because, you know, Boimler is the audience standing, like you said. And there's that one moment where he's standing between Nurse Chapel and Ortegas and talking about how this was the golden age of discovery. And he got this twinkle in his eye talking about what these people, what this crew and what it does means to him. And every single time because I've watched this episode four times now. I, I mean, and I, I told this to Drew before we started recording, like every time I'm watching Star Trek, I feel like I'm already misty eyed like this. This this puts me in a place of hope that I just cannot like translate in words. Like when I watch Star Trek, I'm put in a place of like imagining the future where this is real. And especially now uh, in the divided place we are today. Yeah. Uh, imagining a time where we can do this and and what that means to us as people is is incredible. And seeing just that kind of like, even though it's reminiscence in uh, Boimler, like what that means to him to be among these people is. It's every he's he's living every Star Trek fans dream and he sells that in his facial expressions, his 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 acting. And in this one, he's doing really genuine acting here. Like, I mean, it's not just him being crazy because he can, well, it, he has some great, great screams. <laughs> so, well, he in does, this episode. He, he gets to do the Boimler scream, which is very yeah. iconic. Um, there's yes. a bunch, there's a bunch of other Boimler stuff that he gets to do in this episode <laughs> that I love. But I want to say, because this isn't just all about laughs, 
the 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 crux of this episode is that they're trying to get Boimler back to the future. And they need this particular they need this portal to work and they need uh, this this substance to get the portal to work. And when they finally do, they open the portal and Mariner comes through after the the, the, the first time. And it's I was coming to save you. Uh, and it's like, well, we only had that much. So now we're both stranded. And so and I love that you see Pike, who has heretofore been just everybody's bro as a captain getting more and more done with these two characters. irritated no, no no it's so funny <laughs> but so i noticed something uh because i watched it right before we started recording and by the the point mariner comes in it's at half episode time so it feels like a normal episode of lower decks where it's like okay the adventure's over and then mariner comes in and boom you have part two yeah and i thought that was really clever um and this 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 also does a really good uh job of doing something that lower decks has been doing which is a consistent commentary on what people think of certain alien races because the orion stuff has been consistent throughout the, all three seasons of lower decks yes as a concern of tendies and that you get to see it play out here i think makes this episode even more perfect because you get this the standard star trek finish where it's like you have a misunderstanding because these people are Orions. They were, they were doing pirating, but what they really always wanted to do was science. And when, it, when Pike says, yeah, and we can just say the Orions did it on your science vessel. And he goes, that's all I've ever all wanted. wanted. And he looks like he's about to cry. That's oh, so, it's so, it's, it's so perfect. It's like, so great. And I, I didn't look up the actor who played that Orion because he looks so familiar. He does. Uh, I'll, let me look him up real fast and I will tell you if I know anything about him. And and there are so many great moments uh, <laughs> in terms of lines, because I, I feel like when they're talking about being from the future and like Mariner's like, I don't think anyone's getting this. Um, you get some really good moments from some of the more stuffy character, not stuff, stuffy's the wrong word, but the the more like stern characters like laon kind of not joining the hijinks but also admitting that she loves the grapplers on the nx01 love that love it so much um uh so the actor who plays the uh the orion captain is an actor named greg brick b-r-y-k mm -hmm. uh he was in three episodes of titans uh he has a character named fletcher okay okay uh trying to see if there's anything else he that's probably what i recognize him from he was in far cry new dawn whatever that is that's probably just the voice role far cry 5 yes, that's a... is a voice role um it's in four episodes of the expanse uh, i mean he's he's been he's been a working working actor he was in saw 3d um Ugh. nothing really jumping out and he's got a lot of credit so i think okay that's probably titans of, that i recognize him from a lot of episodes so work. We have we have this we I mean, we've gone we've gone back and forth about like picking out moments of this show that or this episode that worked really well. What as a Star Trek fan, what does it mean to you that this episode works so well? Because we we were you and I were talking about how this is kind of one of our favorite episodes in modern Trek. And I've watched it four times and I've loved it every single time. Is it because it does these two shows justice or is it because it does something for Star Trek that just lands the viewer? So I think it's both things. I don't think those things are too are mutually exclusive. I think what we have in this episode is some of the best parts of Strange New Worlds and the best parts of Lower Decks. And I mean that in both characterizations, uh, but also the the sort of meta commentary that that lower decks gets into um when i talk about easter eggs easter eggs are common in lower decks they're slightly there's they're they're i wouldn't say they're common in strange new worlds but they're definitely a thing but like so in in this episode they they reference a a an the 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 enterprise is on a mission to 
Setlick 2 to deliver Tritriticale, which is a very hard thing to pronounce. Tritriticale is a, a, is a grain that was genetically engineered to grow on Setlick 2. This is a lower deck style reference because Tritriticale is a precursor to Quadro Triticale, which was the grain that was in the original series episode, The Trouble with Tribbles, that the that the Enterprise was was delivering, that the Tribbles ended up eating and, and hugely multiplying. Setlik 2 is another reference because Setlik 3 is a planet that the Cardassians would uh, would invade a colony during the uh, Federation Cardassian War where Miles Edward O'Brien would become a war hero on. <laughs> yeah. And it, so I, I feel like there's a meta, a meta com- <laughs> not a meta commentary, but a, me- a meta comment going on because there, there's a moment when uh, Mirna says, for all I know, you were dead or stuck in a dystopian San Francisco in the middle of a riot. And it's another deep, <laughs> it's a fantastic Deep Space Nine reference. Which is a great Deep Space Nine reference. But then number one goes, have you noticed their reference are really specific? And Spock yes. just goes, indeed. Yes. But but at the end of the at the end of the day with the with these episodes, what this what this show does and what this episode does is it's all about hope and hope where you may not necessarily see hope because there is a subplot of it's Captain Pike's birthday coming up that weekend, <laughs> the next weekend. And the crew are surprised to find that and ask, how, how do you know it's the captain's birthday? Oh, it's a holiday in the future. Oh, no, ah, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, but we also learn that Pike doesn't want a surprise birthday party that's suddenly being planned for him. He wanted to spend it mm-hmm. by himself because Pike, this is the first year that Pike is officially older than his father was when his father passed away. And it's it was it was meaningful for him to kind of spend it. And even though he didn't have a good relationship with his father to kind of think about it, that and reflect on that. And so that's why he doesn't want, you know, any 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 kind of big to do with his crew. He wants to spend it by himself. And it's Boimler getting through to Pike in that moment of, well. And they dance around because they know Pike's future uh in the <laughs> and, and and pike intimates that he the, also knows his well, future i mean because because we know as a, as viewers of strange new worlds that pike does know his future uh in the bp chair no uh, but he also says i know yes which which and so suddenly they they pike and mariner or pike and mariner boimler and mariner kind of kind of get him to to think like well you know sir you you intimated that you trade a bunch to just have one more day with your dad or one more conversation with your dad well, what about all the people that would want to have one more conversation with you? And it was just, it's one of those wonderful Star Trek, like human moments where they get through to somebody and then it becomes about, you know, togetherness and, 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 and being a part of something bigger and, and all of this stuff that Star Trek is. And I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I, I also want to talk about my favorite. I keep saying this, is my favorite. This whole episode is my favorite. But what, what I would consider the the, the sweetest uh, reference is when the, when uh, the Cerritos crew are back in their appropriate time and I love this are so in so their bunks. And we we see we see the the poster that's been referenced with number one on it, and Commander Ra- uh, Ransom comes in and sa- uh, refers to number one as the hottest first officer in Starfleet history. Numero and, una, he calls her, which is such a great. <laughs> yes, it's perfect. Uh, Ransom is voiced by Jerry O'Connell, the real life wife right. of number one Rebecca Romaine, and I. I just I love that. I yeah. think it's so funny. I also think it's a hundred percent something that that. I want to say O'Connell. I probably wasn't ad lib, obviously, because it was animated. But yeah. I, I feel like it was, that was something that was like, yeah, we got we got to put this in here. That that's a put great. That uh, um, it's a great it's a great reference, and especially for fans who, I think I think I think it's one of the things that I love about a lot of new Trek is a lot of new Trek 
understands that they've got some really aware fans. I mean, Lower Decks obviously does because Lower the de- Lower Decks feels like it's for the fans by the fans. And and Strange New Worlds certainly feels like, hey, what if classic Trek was done now in in essentially any way you wanted it? And and but at the same time, they take wild risks. We just had a musical episode, which was fantastic. Um, I, I do think that that both shows exemplify everything I love about Star Trek and everything that Star Trek means to me in different ways. I, I also love that this episode does it actually moves forward Strange New Worlds character plots in ways yes. that that I didn't expect. So we have plots with, you know, we talked about the the moment with with number one and the poster at the end and how how that much that references the second episode of the season at Astro Paraspera. But you also have uh Laan, uh Laan Nunian Singh, who had a very big episode, and I believe episode four, uh, where she had some time travel shenanigans with an alternate Jim Kirk and that she kind of fell in love with uh, and is struggling because he's now gone because his, his, that version of him doesn't exist anymore. And that was the first person she felt like she could really open up to. And and you have her kind of talking to, <laughs> to Boimler about, well, you know, if you do time travel, just don't make any any personal connections <laughs> and just just a, a you you also have mariner working with uhura and uhura you know we know uhura as being just like a communications genius speaks multiple languages just an integral part of the enterprise crew in the original series but at this point she is an ensign in the first season she was a cadet and right now she is working herself too hard and it's mariner that gets her to kind of loosen up and take a break and in taking that break they find out the solution for what they need Mm -hmm. you also have the situation with with and i'm calling it a situation because it kind of is uh between spock and chapel where we know spock and and chapel's relationship in the original series which there was not one there seemed to be some unrequited you know affection from one side but they are full on in some kind of a thing right now and boimler calls that out to chapel in a turbo lift and she suddenly has this realization that what they're going through right now will be temporary and doesn't quite know how to handle it and jess bush just just kills that scene love it so much um and every moment in this episode is fantastic it it makes me happy to be a star trek fan that this exists i may be in a bubble right now we'll see in a year if i still feel the same about this episode but i've already seen it three times uh and i've seen i have watched every recap episode of this uh show uh, or a recap show about this episode i have a list of my favorite on-screen references when boimler Jack Quaid with his like seven foot 12 frame does the Boimler section 31 shimmy walk down a hallway. (laughs) It's, 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 it's perfect. This episode is perfect. I, 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 I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, We, we've barely scratched the surface on what the episode even is, but I don't even care. Because it's I mean, just, the thing is, it doesn't matter for this. It doesn't matter. This this was supposed to be. This is a a a fluff week anyway for us to talk about Star Trek, essentially, uh, by by using the excuse of this crossover episode. Um, I, I have I have a Star Trek question for you, Drew, and it shoot. might be one that's tough for you to answer. Okay. You are the captain of the Enterprise. What's your word or phrase to go so (laughs) so i will say i am not a huge fan of this new thing that they're doing 
where every captain's oh, I love gotta, it. It's my every favorite. captain's going to have it. their thing. Every captain because it's. I be, think it's great because I, I, I love it. I don't. I don't like it because one. I mostly don't like it because you grew they, up and engage. No. Well, so here's the thing. Kirk and Picard were both engaged. Yeah. Picard sometimes threw in a make it so, but if it was going to warp, it was engage. Hmm. Uh, the thing is that that in the New Trek era. It's not that I dislike that each captain has their own thing that they say. I do like that. What I am kind of iffy is, is that they made it a thing. And now that they've made it a thing, I'm like, so now we're going to have a like, I know one of the funny things is when in in an earlier episode in this season of, of Strange New Worlds, Spock is in charge and his thing is, <laughs> I would like the ship to go. <laughs> that was so good. That was, that's great. It's, it's funny, but it's because I did it one time. Because they did it one time. Yeah. But 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 it's it's like spoilers for Picard season three. We get to Captain Seven of Nine about (sighs) to say her phrase and they cut it off before she says it. Because uh, they, they, they're hoping that they're hoping to get a show too. They, they, they're hoping for their strange new worlds. I'm hoping that the writers and actor strikes do not kill that show. Um, yeah, same. But um, anyway, so but you, 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 you're avoiding my question. Be- because I've thought about it so much. I've thought about it too much because Miles, I want to be the captain of a starship and say that. And it's such a big deal that much like Captain Freeman, she hadn't quite figured it out yet. And hers ended up being warp me. So <laughs> I, don't wanna, <laughs> I don't want it to be warp me. But I, I mean, I like I like all of the new ones. I like hit it. I like let's fly. Actually, I really like let's fly a lot. I don't like I don't um, like let's fly. I, I like you don't I like you don't like, like discovery. Uh, I would say I would say punch it. But that was JJ Pike. JJ Pike was punch it. Um, punch is not bad. Punch is not bad. I think there's one that is mine that I don't. I, I haven't, haven't found it on yet, but I want you to know this is something that has occupied. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think a, about it a lot as well. A lot of time. Um, do, you, do you have one? I'm interested to hear. I yours. don't. I, I ah, so you're calling me out now, huh? huh? Well, yeah, I, I honestly don't expect you to ask the question back. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I mean, it's it's something that I've also thought about. Um, most of them are jokey and stupid. Um, oh, and... I can come up with a ton of jokey ones. But I want a real. But, one. but if I if I was doing it, um, I mean, honestly, I like hit it. I I, I think it's it's cool. I, I like hit it a lot. I honestly I love a classic engage. I think it just it sounds good. It rolls off the tongue. You can do the little I mean, two finger engage. Yeah, I mean, I would probably do something that sounds like flipping like, oh, yeah, let's do it. You know, like somewhat something stupid like that. But um, I, I like Pike's hit it. Um, I'm sorry. I do like Let's Fly. I think it's great. <laughs> you know, it's it's fine. Uh, I I love uh, I love Riker's uh, warp and the factor of five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> I, I, I love I love Riker and I love I love how they've leaned into the whole like jazz aspect. Of, I, and I love Riker. that Jonathan Frakes is here for it. He is here for it. I mean, I think outside of Garrett Wang, you'll find very few actors who love Star Trek as much. And. And maybe Will Wheaton as well, but. um, Yeah, I'm I'm I am not surprised that he leans into the Riker gags. Just he's he has a blast with it, and I just I I love it so much. I'd love to talk to him. I'd love to talk to Franks. I I would, too. and I think one thing that the, the uh, Strange New Worlds gets right, because that, that's how I, I gauge a lot of my Trek. And I mean, for me, it's not difficult because most of it I really, really, really like. Um, the only series I've never been able to really connect with as much is Enterprise. And that's not really a, a slag on Enterprise as it is like, I think the show itself, it was its own. If it was its own syndicated show that was separate from Star Trek, it would be perfectly fine. And pre- prequels always have a thing to them. I mean, even Strange New Worlds, for as good as it is, gets flack from from fans because the set look I, I fans in air quotes because the set looks like something from 2020 and not something from 1968. <laughs> like, oh, they, they they can they can walk off a bridge. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, we can, no, we but can like, have for, for new me, production like, values. 
Remember when the Klingons changed, gang? Come on. Yeah, I the things I don't like about Enterprise are really just some of the Federation stuff and the human stuff. I think the cast is great. I think the actors are phenomenal. Um, they do have some decent stories. And I, I, I really, truly feel that if it wasn't a Star Trek show, it would be Harold as a great science fiction show. I mean, I, th- I think Enterprise is is interesting. And part of part of Enterprise's. Part of Enterprise's issues uh, is that. Um, yeah, its first episode aired like two weeks after September 11th. And it's real hard to have like a let's yeah. get out there and explore space show when well, you're dealing so with it, it's it, it's also got a low key commentary on the U.S. military complex. And yeah, I mean, everything. <laughs> and, and when and when they finally get into the, one of the more interesting arcs uh, with the Zindi war, the Zindi conflict. It is like very much a a uh, a 9-11, you know, yeah. uh, uh, analog, um, which is to say, uh, funny that we've come back to this. It was very interesting in this episode to see something mentioning and honoring Star Trek Enterprise. And that. You have the, they, they, you t- ha- they talk very fondly about Archer's ship and to Paul and um, the grapplers, oh uh, the, well, the grapplers, but uh, 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 Mayweather, but, but, but Mayweather, Mayweather. Uh, so who was the, yeah. the pilot of the NX-01 Ortegas is a huge Ortegas uh, middle school was named after Mayweather, which is a fun, uh, fun reference. Uh, and uh, uh, of course, uh, Uhura wrote a bunch of papers at the Academy on Hoshi Sato because she was the who linguist. My favorite character from that, that show. Uh, all like two episodes that she had focused. That was not her fault. Um, it's just, you no, know, I, I love, I love Hoshi Sato. Uh, but uh, also, <laughs> They're like, are we starting to sound like them? Yeah. I love it. I love it uh, because it's it's because the thing I love about Star Trek and the thing I love about Lower Deck specifically is that they love Star Trek. They love the history of Starfleet and the Federation, and they try to live up to it. And and they they just verbally try to live up to it, whereas a lot of other shows just live up to it without calling out that we do this because we love this um it's it's this episode's great um i i'm always like five seconds from starting a star trek podcast but i know it would just be (laughs) the most meandering me talking bits for for way too long um but if you want me to gang let me know because i'll do it i'll do it Maybe I'll do Trek talks. Maybe I'll do some TikToks. I don't know. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Final words, Miles, on Star Trek. Star Trek. These old scientists? Those old scientists or whatever you want to say about the franchise, because. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that, yeah, I, I, I knew what this episode was going to be. It's going to be a me- meandering talk about this episode and about Star Trek in general, because. We don't get to do it. So we just, you know, drink our uh, alcohol and, and talk Trek, uh, which I, I love doing with you um, because you're you're one of the few people that I know that I think. Really connects to why Star Trek is important to me. And and so there's a there's a, a shared wavelength there. Um, I think that this episode highlights the best of new star trek i think it highlights what's wonderful about all star trek and i think that it honestly serves as a great jumping on point if you've maybe seen an episode of lower decks or maybe you've seen an episode of strange new world or maybe you've seen an episode of star trek i think this episode is a great sampler like especially if you if you're at least aware that lower decks is an animated comedy and you know you've got some awareness of Stranger Worlds being a prequel, I feel like if you watch this episode, it gives you the perfect sampler yeah. of Star Trek. So here's today. what you do. You watch this episode first and fall in love with this episode. Then you take every reference to every other piece of Star Trek and you watch all of that. And then you watch this episode again and then just watch it again because it's really good. 
Ja. <laughs> uh, well, gang, I honestly, I we're at an hour. I could literally do this all day. All night. I could. I I I wake up thinking about Star Trek and I go to sleep thinking about Star Trek and I'm literally wearing my lower decks uniform shirt that some of you have seen on uh, Twitch and YouTube right now uh, as I button it up, even though I'm too fat to wear it right now. Um, Star Trek to me has always been about hope. It's been about the the hope that we as a society would get to a point where we were not bogged down by the stuff we are bogged down by and are are instead passionate about the places that we could go and the things we could do and make and the people we could be. And these two shows are so much about that in the ways that old Trek was about that. And seeing them come together like this in such a fun and funny and serious and heartfelt way just works for me so so very much i i want them to do it again but i'm worried that if they do <laughs> it's not going to be as special so uh I, so we have this one one time that we've got it and you know what they they nailed it they absolutely yeah. 100% made the perfect crossover episode. The they, they did. The, I mean, it certainly makes me want more live action lower decks because I feel like hour long shows are what those characters might deserve now. Um, and, and, and especially the Orville has proved that, hey, you can have a 45 minute show that's that leans in on humor and still do the Trek stuff. That's true. And. I mean, so if they wanted to go, I, I'm sure they don't for budgetary reasons, but if they had wanted to do some more live action lower decks, I would gladly accept. You know, I would. I mean, the only thing that we would have to figure out is because Boimler is one of the shortest members of the Cerritos crew. But Jack Quaid is like nine feet tall. <laughs> He's so tall. So how tall are our ransom and shacks and all the characters that hey, are taller and hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh if you if you recall uh they had to wrestle that problem in x files for years and years they they made jillian anderson stand on a box i didn't i didn't know that actually <laughs> yeah yeah she was like very much shorter than david Duchovny. so they they did all this positioning to where it looked <laughs> they were more equal height oh i i could I could keep talking about this. I need to stop though, because I need to, I need to check well, on my family. <laughs> then, then we should let the people know that next week we are back with furious summer to finally talk about the fate of the furious, a movie I have seen. Andrew has not. Um, and sorry, gang, <laughs> I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about the, the kind of post trilogy era of, of fast and the furious and what that means and what where, where, where the rest of this franchise could go. Um, but if you want to talk about Star Trek with us or, you know, tell us about your favorite parts of this or any Star Trek episode, Drew, where can they find us? You can find us at themoreyner.com with this and every other episode. You can go to facebook.com slash themoreynerd and you can talk to us there. You can uh, uh, go to Twitter at uh the Morian nerd uh twitter at the morning or x.com at the morning no, I'm, I'm never calling it that uh, no just, one's just follow us on blue sky even though i don't talk on there yet <laughs> yeah we have not made a single post on blue sky yet but uh you can find us on blue sky at the morning nerd and miles is preventing me from talking about stuff he wants to make the first oh i i, I do not care sky um, do they call them skies i don't know what they call them posts they're just posts, posts they're just I posts think. okay that's that's clever. Um, and if you would like to have a direct conversation with us, uh, go to CosmicCrit.com, which is the Starfinder based podcast that Miles and I are also cast members on and check out our discord where we have an entire the Mori nerd section and TV section. And of course, all bunch of other sections where you can literally spend your workday talking to us during our workday about Star Trek and many other things. Kaiju. Common writer. 
video games, you know, the sky's the limit. So check us out. Of course, if you'd like to talk to us directly in another way, you can email us themoreyounerd at gmail.com. That's themoreyounerd at gmail.com. And now we end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd out to Trek for y'all and to peace with you. Thank you.